Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, creator and founder behind Shared Teaching, and I'm very happy to have you here listening to me today. You are listening to episode 102, where we're talking about the important must-have lessons when you're teaching narrative writing. Now, I know most of us probably dive into the first part of the school year teaching personal narratives, which is okay, but maybe you're just now starting off with your writing lessons, or you've kind of set up the beginning to writer's workshop type of lessons, and now you're really ready to dive into the meat of what is narrative writing. If you are, then I'm so glad that this episode has landed in your ears and hopefully you can come along with me and get my guidance to what I feel are the must-have lessons. Now the first one of course is components of narrative writing. I always like to begin my narrative writing unit with what exactly narratives are right? Because that's, that's just the beginning foundations. What in the world is this genre that we're about to write about? Because maybe they haven't really heard the word narrative, or maybe they have, but their previous teachers didn't really explain it very well. Because I know we just kind of assume a lot of times, or we just call it, hey, it's narrative writing. But maybe the students don't really understand what exactly that is, or how to differentiate it between the other types of writing. So I like to talk about what exactly they are. So we read a few personal narrative type stories to kind of get us in the mood for our new unit. And then we dive into our beginning lessons. And I like to reference some of these stories as we're reading to kind of discuss what they all have in common. Now, students are shown short examples, and then we determine if they are, in fact, personal narratives by using a handy checklist that I have for them. Now, when I teach fiction writing, I also repeat this similar lesson of what is fictional writing so they can kind of start differentiating between the two. And again, students have a fictional narrative checklist that they use to check it against the short stories they're hearing to see if they're fictional or not. And when I say short stories, I mean short stories. (laughs) I've written a couple quick and easy three to four sentence stories, which truly aren't really big, long, decent stories, right? But it's all you can fit on a slide. (laughs) And we decide from there whether or not they have the components they need to be a fictional story. So for me, it's really important to show these examples and non-examples to students because sometimes that's the best way to get them to learn is what is not what you are looking for versus what we are looking for. Because sometimes they'll identify their own writing within the examples or the non-examples that you are showing. So it's really important to showcase both of those. And that's an idea that comes from the Daily Five, if you're not familiar with that. That is a framework of how you can put together 
Usually it's used in the concept of centers, but it also has a lot of other great useful things you can pull into, like for this example, the writing lessons with the non-examples, which also is an ELL practice, but anyway, things are all everywhere intertwined. I don't know. Okay, so after knowing what the components of narrative writing are, my next important must-have lessons are story plot. So, of course, starting in kindergarten, we teach our students that during reading time that stories have a beginning, middle, and end. But we shouldn't stop those lessons there. We need to continue them in writing. So they're seeing that what they read and what they write can be similar and they go together. So the first lessons in story plot should be helping students to figure out the parts of their story. After they've mastered that, what is the beginning, middle, and end in their own stories, we can move on to learning how to make a story engaging by adding those details we're always talking about within our story settings. So during second grade, I like to explicitly teach the different types of story settings and provide lessons for each part of the plot separately. So I have different lessons for the beginning, I have different lessons for the middle, and I have different lessons for the end of a story. Because for me, those are very distinct parts of our writing, and they all have their own thing that makes them special. For example, in the beginning is the story settings, like I just mentioned. So I also teach the personal and the fictional narratives separate, So I do a unit that's just personal narratives. And then sometimes, depending on the year, I'll either go right into fictional writing. But most of the time, my fictional writing comes at the very end of the year when students have a lot more experience in writing. And then they can do that dialogue and the creative writing. But in the beginning of the year, it's really hard to tackle fiction writing because they don't have a lot of that experience. And maybe they're still struggling to put words and sounds and letters on paper, right? So, well, not sounds, but you get the idea. So when they're struggling with that, it's going to be really hard to push them even further to kind of come up with these crazy creative ideas. But I feel like at the end of the year, they've had enough practice in writing that they can tackle that fictional component. Now, when teaching fictional narratives, my lessons for plot are a little different, of course, So, because there's a lot more of imagination in them, right? So I like to introduce students briefly to the types of plots they can find and write in fiction stories. So an example of two of these might be suspense and adventure. So I'm trying to show my young writers how to kind of start building that roller coaster feel of a good story. We've all seen that picture for plot, right, of the roller coaster. And I use that as well within my writing units because I just feel like It really helps anchor that idea that the story is kind of making your reader feel these different emotions or they're going through these different like adventures. And we talk about that when we go through the plot. So next after talking about story plot is small moments. And I have several lessons in my personal narrative unit that are dedicated to just slowing down and focusing on these small moments. And I've found in my teaching that small moments can really be difficult for students to understand. For some reason, they get kind of hung up on this, and it's confusing to them. And I just don't know why, but the difference of what a small moment is versus just giving like a big idea for their story can be very difficult. 
So I find it's really necessary to have a series of lessons, not just one lesson about small moments, but really teaching that concept of slowing down a story because it becomes really important once we go again to learning fiction writing. Because in fiction writing, it's all about slowing down and making that suspense or building those adventures for the characters. So knowing how to do a small moment becomes really critical when we become fiction writers. So for me, teaching small moments really begins with the lesson, of course, on sorting big and small moments. Again, I'm bringing in that concept of what is an example versus a non-example. And I really want students to understand the difference of what makes a small moment. Because not understanding what this is, is where they're getting stuck. So again, I'm showing them those examples, similar to what we did in our previous lesson about what a narrative is and is not can really kind of help them start to see the difference between just telling me like a really big idea versus zooming in and focusing on that small piece we want to write about. That also helps with the endings, by the way, because I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of our young writers tend to write, you know, and then I went to the park and then I went home and I went to bed at the end. So their ending is really like, well, I went home. Duh, right? So teaching them like how to like wrap up just that small moment and not move away from the park is really crucial here on understanding the difference between that big and small moment. So the last, or not the last, the second to last thing that I feel is important in our narrative writing lessons are talking about story illustrations. Now, our young writers usually learn that our pictures match our writing and we add some details. But often, I feel our writing lessons about illustrations just kind of end there. And there's some really great lessons that we can teach students about the art behind story illustrations. In fact, there's so much information. I might just dedicate a podcast episode to this. So if you're listening and you think that's an amazing idea and you'd like to hear more, you can always reach out to me, Susan at shareteaching.com. Or you can leave a review and put that in your review of give me more information, (laughs) give me another episode all about story illustrations. There's such limited time in the classroom, and I'm sure you can relate to this, that we just can't teach everything we would love to, especially when it comes to talking about the pictures and the stories that we're reading. And I try to be very careful with not referencing the pictures as pictures, but calling them illustrations if they are in fact illustrations. Because when I talk in reading about the text features, that becomes a really important distinction. So when I'm talking in my writing lessons, I really try to use the word illustrations, which of course, as I was writing this podcast and doing my blog post notes, I realized I need to add that to my product that talks about our writing goals, because I think I reference it as pictures instead of illustrations. So that will be an update coming up. If you happen to have that product, make sure that you're checking your purchases and maybe give me like a week and I should have that updated for you. And the shuffling is me trying to find a piece of paper to write that note down. (laughs) Moving on to talking about what I do in fictional and personal narratives. And of course, I talk about the power of illustrations across both of those different genres, if you want. I consider them different. 
So as we read our mentor text, we're really talking about taking note of what we see in the illustrations. And I try to do this all throughout the year. We're discussing what we're seeing on each page. We're discussing how it relates to the words. We're discussing if we see anything additional. So we're really just taking note of those things, I guess, as we're looking and reading our stories. So mentor texts, in case you don't know, are very important. And I do have a podcast episode all about my favorite narrative writing texts, and that would be episode 96 if you want to take a listen after you're done with this episode. And of course, that is going to be in my show notes. So some of the things we might discuss are the character emotions, like what are we seeing within the faces that are illustrated on these images? And what are the additional details in the illustrations that are not in the story? Because here, I really want my students to learn that there's more to illustrations than just matching the illustration to the words. Illustrations can really help add and tell the story. It doesn't just kind of end with, it matches my words exactly, right? So I really want to push that a little bit further And this is mostly for second grade I'm talking about. If you're a first grade teacher, you can definitely talk about some of those things and kind of start front-loading students to start noticing that, especially your higher students. So they'll pick on that pretty quickly or pick up on that pretty quickly, I should say. But if you're not, if you're teaching kinder in first grade, then you really probably wouldn't talk as in-depth about illustrations. I come from a place of teaching second grade writing for several years now. So I'm really trying to like boost up that next level, right? You always want to think about what the teacher before you did and then kind of bring it up more. How can you dive deeper into that and add additional information? That's kind of how I build my units. Okay, last but not least, we're going to talk about question words. So I personally feel that the power of writing good stories lies in the ability to ask and answer questions. So since second grade reading focuses on asking and answering questions, right, that's a big standard that we have, I like to use these lessons and weave them into our writing as well. So I break apart the types of questions, the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and I take a week to kind of dive into the differences. Now, some of them I do combine together, but I'm taking that whole week because I feel like it's just, it's a very important part of how to work on crafting our stories. Now, teaching about asking who, for example, I show my students how to add adjectives to tell about their characters. So here I'm bringing in that grammar component within my writing lesson. Then we work on some examples on asking the question of who to add these details. So the lessons are really short and sweet, but they can really help students with specifics when we say add details, because do they even know what we mean when we're asking that? Again, sometimes I feel like as teachers, we kind of assume they understand, kind of like I, you know, used to assume like my older students, like fourth and fifth grade would just understand what I meant when I said, you know, let's take out our whatever and the noise, you know, the noise level erupts. And then all of a sudden it's like chaos because like I didn't take the time to be very explicit in building those lessons at the beginning. Anyway, I digress, but Maybe they don't understand when we just say, add some details. Maybe they were never really taught what a detail is and how to specifically add that detail. So this is where the modeling comes in. This is where the examples come in. And we want to make sure that we're showing our students, regardless of what happened in the previous years, 
they've been in school, but what is our expectation within our classroom? Let's be really clear about it. And yes, it might be kind of redundant for some students, but maybe some students have never had that instruction. So having those lessons means that all your students know exactly what you mean, and they're very clear on something when you say, let's add details, what is who, right? Who are the characters? So you want really want to make sure that we all have that common language within our classroom and that common understanding, and that will help your lessons become more clear for the students. Now, there's so many more ideas. I could probably talk about this topic for days because, you know, if you're not new around here, you know, I love talking about writing. It's one of my favorite subjects. It's one of my passions to talk about all the time. But unfortunately, we don't have that kind of time anymore. But these are the ones I feel that are most important. So again, just to recap, we talked about components of what exactly is narrative writing. We talked about story plot, diving into more than just the beginning, middle, and end, but specifics about what's included in the beginning, middle, and end. We talked about small moments and understanding exactly what the difference between like a big and a small moment is so we really understand what we're talking about when we say small moments and zooming into that story. We talked about story illustrations and adding details within the illustrations, and we talked about the power of using question words, who, what, when, where, why, and how, in order to add more details within our stories. So of course, I would like to know what are your most important lessons when you teach narrative writing. So don't forget to leave a review, and you can add that information on the review, or you can also, sorry, I can't speak today, you can also put that in your response when you can make a comment on the blog post and all those information, all those details, sorry, I'm really messing up tonight. All those details are inside the show notes. So when you look at the app, wherever you're listening to this, you should be able to have some clickable links and you can look at all that information. I do want to say I do have an opinion writing unit and I have a narrative writing unit that's not published yet. It's been sitting on my computer for a few years, unfortunately. But if you follow my TPT store, you can be notified of new products as soon as they hit my store. And then you can be one of the first ones to get it at 50% off within the first 48 hours. And sometimes I'm a little forgetful and I might leave it up there a little bit longer than 48 hours, depending on if I put it up in the middle of the night or not. (laughs) So you are welcome to check out that link. If you do click on it, it will automatically add you as a follower to my TPT store, which is kind of like following me on Instagram. And you are more than welcome to unfollow at a later time. But this will just get you on my list of getting notified with emails the minute I introduce any new products. If you're interested in learning more about mini lessons, you can listen to episode 52 or 40, where I talk about just general writing mini lessons, not specific to narrative writing. And of course, I would love for you to get my free download, which is the writing skills checklist. So you are more than welcome to go ahead and get that shareteaching.com forward slash writing dash skills dash progression. Again, that will be in the show notes. I would love to have you check that out. And if you have any questions, always reach out to me. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching. Hitting that subscribe button.
and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. Ask and answer questions. Oops. To, um, okay.